Welcome in. You are listening to another episode of KeepTheChange.co.nz. Gee, it has been a little while. I apologise. It's taken me a while to get around to doing this week's episode of Money Mail. I was down in Wellington Friday, and that's what Money Mail was about, and it meant that I didn't get a chance to do Keep the Change. I got back, and I went to the All Blacks, and I went to the Warriors, and what a glamorous life I have. Um, And it is just my very busy season for my accounting business at the moment. So I'm getting on top of all of that work and we're winning some new work, which is exciting, but always means onboarding new clients and making sure they're felt loved and figuring out where they're at and um, all of those types of things and going through quarterly reviews with different clients. And I've just, I've probably really taken to a Wednesday, I did another speaking engagement today as well, um, to to actually start to build up the energy to, to be able to get into this. Uh, and I've now had to write Keep the Change for Friday I was sort of thinking about this, and the reason I'm telling you this is that you know not not all the time do I actually feel like doing the things that I uh, want to do, and I have to find a way to go. You know what? I uh, I just need to get it done, and you know I'm sure you will be able to relate to that, and you will have those times as well. So uh, partly, I just want to make sure that you realise I'm not a magician, I'm not invincible. Uh, I'm not superhuman that I, I probably go through all of the things that you do too where you think oh, I just cannot be fucked if I'm honest right now uh, to do this and I know at the moment I just don't feel 100% my creative self so uh, usually when I'm creative I can just bash out I keep the change <clears throat> excuse me and write it out and I'm done and the week is disappearing on me and 9am Friday is closing in on me and I'm sort of thinking well I don't really and have, have anything like amazing to be writing about, and I've been sort of waiting for something to come, and it uh, and it hasn't really. But I have drafted something for Friday, and um, I think it has a good it has a good point to it, and all the doom and gloom that is going on out there. But that will be out Friday 9 a.m. as always. Uh, but for now, we're going to get into my trip back to Wellington College. I shouldn't say back to because I didn't go there. It was my first time ever going there. I'm fairly sure. Um, yeah, I've, done, I've never been there for any sport or anything, and I was invited to speak, and I've known for a while that I'd go there to speak, and I actually really only finished the slides last week, um, and, I, and I had a lot of fun. It was it was cool to get back to school. It was really insightful for me to see what uh, a school ground sort of looks like now. Um, I noticed uh, when I went to Palmy Boys, you know, there was you you couldn't drop rubbish; you would get in trouble. And I noticed it was very clean, which was cool. I walk around Auckland, I'm like, fuck, man, pick your rubbish out. There's so much shit on the ground and just all over the show. Uh, you go back into a school grounds and there's a bit more of that discipline. Uh, I even found myself picking up a juicy wrapper, I think it was. I did actually ask the teacher, shout out to Mr. Viles, I said, uh, is there a way to, you know, is there a tuck shop around here? Because I'm kind of keen to see what's in it. But um, they actually gave me some soup. There was a, a um, shared lunch on a Friday, which was very nice of them. Great pumpkin soup someone had made. But a lot of the boys... They're on a device, and I thought, "Wow, I didn't think we were allowed school uh, phones when I was at school." But they are um, they're deep into their devices, and you know I can't judge because so am I. You know, I'm sitting here with a laptop, a podcasting station, a phone, and an iPad, all all within reach. And that's just the world that we live in now. But it's it was for me. It was interesting. What what are they watching? Uh, what are they doing? I'm always interested in what the consumer. Uh, and the next generation are doing because I think there's investing answers in those types of situations for us too. And you start to think, okay, well, 
maybe they don't think how I think or they don't do the things that I do. So what are they watching? What are they doing? And what do they care about? And uh, a lot of them were playing Clash of Clans, I think it was. And interestingly, when I asked them during the presentation too, I said, how many of you know about cryptocurrency? Just about all of them put their hand up. More people put their hand up when I asked, how many of you know about cryptocurrency versus uh, how many of you have got TikTok? And yeah, I, I thought just about all of them would put their hand up with the TikTok, but not all of them seem to have that at year 11. But uh, the device is definitely a huge part of their life now. And I think uh, what that's going to mean is that people are going to be more and more distracted, right? Because these devices are so good at capturing our attention and taking it away from what it is that we should be working for or on, sorry. So to all of my teacher listeners, friends and acquaintances, uh, I left there with a a renewed sense of uh, appreciation for what you do, for how hard it must be to deal with um, these teenagers and kids, no matter what age they are, and to be into their world now where they would think, well, what's the problem of me being on my device all the time? and trying to keep them focused and give them attention and and just actually move them further down the path of their life. So uh, it was very, very yeah eye-opening for me, and I reinforced at the end of my presentation, one of my final slides was about the fact that this country needs the next generation, and we need those boys that are at school and the girls that are at school. You know, obviously, the context of this, I'll be talking about mostly about boys because that was the school I was speaking in, but it would be no different for the females. And I said, come on, lads, like, you know, you're going to be some of our next All Blacks, Olympians, builders, teachers, dentists, physios, you know, you name it. You're, you're literally our future, and we need you, and this country needs you, and we need people to be putting in. Please take it seriously, and please step up to do that because... Literally, the country is, in some regards, relying on people that are at school now to to come through and and really help change the face of the country and and build out some of the things that we're still going to need over the next uh, decades. So uh, I don't know if they're old enough to kind of care about that sort of chat or inspiration or to take it seriously. I assume, you know, they've probably got their own things that they're more focused on. But uh, I want to run you through some of the other things that I included in my presentation and I actually spoke for an hour so I wish that I mic'd myself up and then just stripped the audio out and then used that as the podcast. I think that has been partly why I found it so hard to re or to to record this podcast is because I feel like I well you know not I'm bragging here but I feel like I crushed it on Friday with these lads and now I'm like fuck I need to try and condense that down into 50 uh, minutes no, sorry, 30 minutes from 55 and try and uh, retell you some of the key points and it's just not going to have the same punch as the actual keynote. But hey, you know, maybe I will uh, do it in the future again and I'll, my lesson there is obviously I need to strip that audio, record it and, and then use that as a podcast. But I had so many people emailing after saying, I'm so stoked um, that you're going to do that. That's so cool. Uh, I wish that, you know, I had, that sort of learning when I was at school and people like you come through, I would have loved that, which is really, really cool to see. And uh, I'm always torn between, do kids really care about finances at school because they don't have money yet? These year 11 boys were about to start working and a number of them already had jobs. And, you know, some of them probably just don't have a reason to be interested because they're not investing, they're not thinking about that, they don't have money, they don't have a KiwiSaver. So some of it they're probably just like, why is this guy saying that this stuff's so important? But a teacher actually said to me after... Mate, that was really good from you, 
a lot of that stuff would have gone over their heads, but you were planting seeds today, which is a great way to look at it. And they might get a job and they might hear, oh, this KiwiSaver thing, and they'll think, shit, that bloke, he stood up there for an hour and he said that, you know, I should be getting that because it could help me get into a property and all those types of things. So here's into Money Mail. What to tell 250 year 11 boys? I think it might have even been 350. 9.30 on a Friday, I think some of them are only just waking up as well. Uh, an early one this morning for me is I winged my way down to Wellington. I flew down just for the day, uh, down about 7 and back at 6 at night. And yeah, so long old day. But I was obviously speaking to the Year 11 lads at Wellington College regarding finance and some life lessons. So I split the presentation into half and half, sort of half finance and then half life. Because uh, I think that some of my life lessons I've had have then shaped the way I look at financial lessons as well, and have been equally as important and helpful for me. So I wanted to give these boys uh, a bit of an insight into some of the things that, <clears throat> excuse me, that, that I've gone through and that I've seen, uh, and I'm sure they will face at some stage as well. So the first point that we were going to be covering was the progressive tax system, which we've learned about, and that's how as we earn more income in this country, we go up the progressive tax rates and our ta- our income is taxed at the, the higher rate in that bracket. And really trying to teach them that it's not your entire income that gets taxed at that one uh, income tax bracket. It is literally a different rate for the different bracket of income. And hopefully you're all aware of that. And so then I showed them some examples of the median income in New Zealand, which we've recently done on Keep the Change. And then also what a $100,000 Uh, income looks like for New Zealand. I also had some statistics about who sort of earns what and how many people earn a couple of hundred thousand dollars and and reinforced the point that you know if you want to earn two hundred thousand dollars in New Zealand you're going to be in the top two percent of earners so you you need to be fucking good at what you do you know we're talking um, adding a lot of value to the economy and it could be an all black for some of them to be thinking about or it could be running a business or it could be a principal, you know, it's got to be, you're basically in the top 2% of earners. So you've got to start thinking, okay, well, what does that look like into the, you know, the, the, the wider economy and the career that they might want to start thinking about? So then we got into a bit of KiwiSaver stuff as well about what that is and how it works over a longer period of time. I showed them my KiwiSaver balance. I'm not worried about that. I'm um, warts and all as, as I told them and explained how that works and how the government give you 50% of your contribution as well and how they might want to think about that as soon as they start working so that when they go to buy, to ha- buy a house in this overinflated market that we seem to have in New Zealand that they're not going to be at a disadvantage um, because they haven't done it when some of their pals have done it and they go to bid on that same property and someone's got more money because they're able to access their KiwiSaver. So I explained how you can use it for buying a home and how you could use it also to to retire, which is what it was originally set up for. Then we got into some of this buy now, pay later stuff because I know that they'll be ripe for the picking for getting involved in that. And I actually had an email from a parent of students at this college and her boys were year 10, year 13, I think, and... She said, I hope you spoke about buy now, pay later type things because it is just, um, you know, it is rife. And and the her boys would, you know, they know about it and they're encouraging her, mum, you know, why don't you just use buy now, pay later? So it's obviously in front of so many people these days. And I, you know, to some people, they think it's the seventh wonder of the world that these people can use, get now, worry about it later schemes. But, you know, these are, these are credit traps realistically and... I've fallen in them, we, we all have, 
and they end up using us at some stage and we know that 9% of people are behind on these buy now pay later schemes at the moment. Uh, the rates of repayment of consumer finance are decreasing month to month too as the, the market starts to slow down and the excessive cash starts to dry up. And, and we all fall in these traps. So I wanted to outline to them just because they're sexy, they've got cool names, they've got pastel looking colours, that if you don't get in control of them and you don't use them to your advantage, you know they, they will do that to you, that they will use you. And you would have heard me talking about this as well so I wanted to teach them nice and early yep just because you can get these things and you can get the the free interest credit card when you go to university and whatnot uh, that that that's going to stop you being able to hunt out other opportunities at a later date because you still got to repay that and so then maybe I told them some stories about uh, some of the, the investments that I couldn't make because I had foregone that opportunity because I was still paying off uh, the debts of my consumer finance and things like that from the past then we went into some investing and saving and I showed them the Warren Buffett wealth accumulation slide, uh, which hopefully some of you have seen, which basically just shows that as his life has gone, then uh, you know how, how exponentially his wealth has grown. Then I took it back to, to how in this day and age, we're so the other way, you know, everything is about instant gratification and you know, the Warriors on the weekend, people are, um, what's that word, they're streaking and they're clothed and but they're recording it on their phone, you know, and it's like they want the likes, they want the reshares, and um, that's just the world that we live in now. And to invest and to grow wealth over time, it's literally, hey, forego having this money right now so that in the future you might have more of it if you do well at this. And you think, well, that sounds shit. I'd rather just go and blow it on something that's going to give me some instant satisf- satisfaction now. So I tried to show them uh, the world that they're brought up in versus what it takes to become really wealthy and how it's basically the reverse of what they're currently being taught, which I'm sure they will figure out as they uh, get through their life further on. Then I got geeky and got into some current economy of New Zealand type chat. I asked them how many were planning on being accountants and zero of the room put their hand up. Uh, I found that quite scary. I thought, shit, I, you know, I need to do some digging to find out maybe they start studying that in sixth form. But um, not a good sign for my industry if uh, no year 11 lads were thinking about being an accountant. I thought, fuck, that's, um, you know, maybe that says something about the attractiveness of my industry. But maybe things will change for them. But I did hear a young fella talking about a recession when I was sitting down right at the start um, before I was about to do my presentation as well. I thought, that's, you know, I said, how do you know about that? Um, and so I sort of dug in to, to find that out. But So some of them were obviously already thinking about the economy, but I got deeper into the economy and just went through some of the things that you guys would have learned through Keep the Change, and if you listen to Mikey and I, for instance, or even just the money mail lessons around inflation and then the helicopter payments that are coming and house prices going up and uh, COVID and then the move to sort of uh, cryptocurrencies and those different things that are, that are happening out there and the cost of living crisis and and uh, just sort of went into some of that because it is part of what we're facing at the moment and it's a unique time for them and no one really knows where to from there. So by this stage we're sort of uh, halfway through it and some of the boys are talking to each other and they are um, you know, starting to get a little bit fidgety and whatnot and probably wanting to get fucking Clash of Clans back out to try and shoot each other or whatever happens in that game and I don't blame them because you know I'm probably a little bit like that at some of these presentations that I go to as well so I cannot uh, cannot judge them but anyway I uh, I weave this into the middle and spoke about life and and how it will come for you and you need to embrace this and this was a, a blank slide uh, but I put a couple of emojis on it so basically on one side it was just someone running uh, and then on the other side it was someone in fear 
and I gave them a couple of stories about how I've gone through things in my life and if you listen to the 30 and 30, uh, there were things that, you know, that, that death for instance and situations you don't expect to be in in your life but all of a sudden they come for you and, and that's just what you have to deal with and I said boys like this is you, like this is going to happen to you, someone's going to lose their sister, someone's going to lose their dad, someone's going to get told you've got to be the man of the family, you're going to go what the fuck does that even mean uh, and I said in those moments you can either run into your fear and into your challenges or you can freak out and say I don't know, I'm not equipped for this, this is not for me and go down that path and you know, I think we all know which one of those paths we would rather be able to work, walk. You know, yes, sometimes we, we don't know how to deal with things and, and life is tough and I'm not saying that we should just blindly pretend we know how to deal with everything but I just said boys like you're guaranteed that life is going to throw you some curveballs and some of you are sitting here right now probably for the first time thinking, well, fuck, I don't even really realise that people died. Well, you know, it, it will it will creep up on you and all of a sudden you've got to then deal with some of those things. So I just explained how, you know, how you deal with those things will determine outcomes in other areas of your life and if you hold down and suppress things that happen and um, don't deal with them, then they can pop up later on in your life, years later as well. And the, the whole room, like it was probably the most engaged they were for a good couple of minutes just going, wow, you know, this dude was talking about KiwiSaver and taxes and buy now, pay later, and some bloke called Warren Buffett and inflation, and the next thing he's telling us about how people we know are going to die, then we're going to have to be the men of our household. Like, what the fuck? Who, who, a, who is this guy? And B, uh, what just happened? So, you know, I kind of weaved it in and designed it as a way to bring them back uh, to some focus. And then from there, you know, we, we touched on that. We probably talked about a couple of examples there for about five minutes. But from there, I went into confidence and self-confidence. Now, this is something that I see people struggle with every week, uh, especially in my role, um, working with different business owners and just people in general. And, you know, I, I don't think we get taught how to be confident and even how to train ourselves to be confident. And it's the same with things like thinking. You know, people say, oh, think about it. And you say, well, what? what you know, what do you mean you'll think about it? Like, you don't know how to think. Like, who taught you how to think? What does that actually mean? And people just use sayings without actually having something in behind it. But I think confidence and self-confidence is one of those things where we all want to be confident, we want to be self-confident. But if you say to someone, oh, hey, mate, um, can you, you please just tell me quickly the, like, how do I become more confident? People are oh, shit, actually. And we don't, we don't really teach this stuff, right? So, you know, I wanted to tell them some examples about how they would miss out on the first 15, for instance, or the first 11 soccer or hockey or football or, or whatever it is, or they're not going to get a date to the ball at year 13, but someone else is, or they're not going to get prefect, and um, you know, they, they're going to miss out, and you're going to feel like, oh, well, I'm, I'm not relevant, and I'm not, uh, I don't fit in here, and then you go down that rabbit hole in your head of, I'm not good enough, and I don't belong here, and none of us want to feel like that. That's human instinct to be really upset when that happens and try to teach them like this stuff again boys it's going to happen and how you deal with it and how long you hold on for it, uh, for to it is is going to determine other outcomes in your life and you know you will have times where you fail but it doesn't make you a failure and then just because you fail doesn't mean that you shouldn't have confidence it's just okay we have to step through these things one by one and I um, taught them as well in terms of self-confidence around how 
you know, I believe one of the, the best ways to build confidence and to build self-confidence, two things, like one, stop trying to pretend you know everything and actually just give up on that and go, you know what, like if I don't know something or what I'm doing, I'm going to openly admit that and I'm going to say, look, I don't know that yet, but, um, you know, could you help me understand that or I'll go away and I'll find the answer and, and start to do those things rather than trying to pretend that you have all this knowledge that you don't have and, you know, I think your life changes when you start to look at the world like that and, and just actually reshape how you do those things or think about those things. And secondly, I said, boys, if you say you're going to do something, do it. If you say you're going to be at rugby practice, be there. Don't not turn up. You know, that that's how you erode trust with yourself. So at 16, 15, I think some of these boys are thinking, geez, man, like, my dad doesn't talk to me like this. My mum doesn't talk to me like this. What is, what's wrong with this guy? Um, but I was just trying to weave in some things that I thought maybe, you know, just maybe they haven't come across this sort of information, but by their 30s, they're probably thinking, shit, I wish I had to know in that then. But, you know, the student will appear when the, uh, no, the teacher will appear when the student is ready, right? Some of those kids just would not have been ready for that type of information. But I genuinely believe that if you say you're going to do something, you should do it because the more you don't do the things you say you'll do, uh, you really start to erode the, the trust in yourself. And when you don't trust yourself, then you have less self-confidence in yourself and then you're just on the downward spiral, right? So uh, be very careful to do the things that you you know you should do. And I think we can actually all train ourselves to be more confident. So go and research that topic if you want to do that. Then we got into how visibility is a fake metric for success. I asked Jade in the office here, what's a couple of things you think I should cover? And uh, this is one of the things that she suggested and purely off the fact that, you know, these a lot of these boys, they'll be watching TikTok and they'll be watching Instagram and they're growing up in that world where we're getting taught you know, delay, uh, the instant gratification rather than delayed gratification and they probably want to be an influencer or whatever the fuck that means or they want to be uh, on YouTube or have hundreds of thousands of views on a video and feel cool. But I said, boys, like some of these people have got some of the biggest problems out there. And all they, they're going to have things that they're going to have to deal with. Yes, they might have a great looking life on those channels, but just because you see them a lot or see them on these channels doesn't mean that their life is amazing. It doesn't mean that they're going to be, you know, not going to be dealing with a thousand things of their own. So, you know, I um I just wanted to reinforce that because I think it's so simple, but we can still all get caught up in comparison and want to compare our lives to how other people are living and that's made it, social media has made it so easy to do that now, right? So hopefully they got the message there that it's a, it's a dangerous game to play. And I think so many of us can remember that just because we see someone online a lot of times doesn't actually mean that they uh, are crushing it or killing it or whatever we have come up with in our heads is the assumption in terms of what they are being able to achieve. So comparison, it can be the thief of joy. Then we got into a slide about how they are powerful and, and don't give it away. And I think, you know, that when we grow up, we get taught we can have whatever, uh, what we can be, whatever we want to be, those types of things. You know, you can be a fireman, a firewoman, an astronaut, all those different things. But somewhere along the lines, like that, that stops. And we get taught that we have to be practical and you can't do that and uh, all of that sort of stuff. And I just kind of say, well, like, fuck that. Um, you know, that's... Yes, there's some practicality to that stuff, but I think we have to be careful when we take people's power away from them and go, like we're literally 
telling people they can be whatever they want and letting them think big and be extraordinary and all these things. And then all of a sudden we're like, go to uni, get this job, get this career, uh, or whatever, just tone it down, don't get too much attention, don't get too big for your boots, stay humble, don't forget your roots, like all this stuff. And uh, next thing you're like, oh man, I'd love to compete in the Olympics. Oh, you'll never compete in the Olympics. Stop talking like that. And you're like, fuck, we, like, how does that change so quickly? And uh, I guess the other point to this as well, and you would have heard me talk about this before, is we all have different upbringings. We all have different things that we think are going to hinder us later on in life. But uh, if we if we give our power to those things, much like we learned about in the 30 and 30, well, then, yeah, we, we're going to have our excuse of how, well, I came from Danny Burke, and Danny Burke's a small town, and uh, not many people from Danny Burke go to university, so then, you know, there was no chance that I was ever going to do any good at uni and then go on to do things. Like, all of that stuff is just nonsense that we've learned from somewhere and then held on to, and we've got to be careful not to encourage or teach younger people to, to give up on their hopes and their dreams and their aspirations because we need to see more people doing well and um, you know then them inspiring others to do the same and you know that's the same for all of us as well so yeah I don't know if they were ready for that or if uh, if they wanted too much of that on a Friday morning but we also discussed doubt and fear and how like I said before upbringings can be a place of strength and inspiration and not a reason not to try, you know, and how we can use some of these things that have happened in our upbringing or some of these things that perhaps weren't uh, that great at the time to be like, wow, you know, that was that was really good for me. And you'll start to see those play out later on in your life. I went through a few hacks as well. Uh, and, you know, these are just things like being grateful and starting to see the world more positively. And I was trying to see if they're thinking about mindfulness and things like that at that age. Uh, setting goals and reminders and how important it is to have goals and how at the moment I honestly I've been thinking about this a lot lately you know I think if you asked anyone in New Zealand hey what's the goal for New Zealand you know no one would be able to answer it no one really knows where we're going what our vision is what our goals are Uh, and I'm not being real cynical towards the politicians and whatnot but like I don't really hear anyone talking about that I mean this is what I do for a job with business owners but uh, as a nation I'm sort of like what are we um, what are we actually where are we aiming and what are we pointing everyone towards and how are we getting people uh, on that walker to, to start going in the same direction? But, you know, I think that's why people love the All Blacks, for instance, or going to sport because they see that sport and they think, great, like that's that's our goal. Our goal is to, to win this next game and we can get all get in behind that. But, you know, uh, I think we all individually need to be remembering to set goals and, and why those are important to us and, have affirmations and do things like that if we need to as well. But also ask questions and you know be be willing to to be inquisitive and ask when you can and and learn. Also having cold showers. The point of that, training yourself to do the things that you don't want to do. Now that's a great hack I think and something I try and do every day. And you've probably heard me bang on about it, but just get under cold water, get into a cold shower. I don't necessarily want to do it, but it's my reminder. Well, just like recording this podcast right now at 7.55 on the 6th of July on a Wednesday, when I probably just actually want to be heading for bed after a long day, um, sometimes you've just got to do the things that you don't want to do. And I think if you can train yourself by little hacks, like having a cold shower, for instance, then you're going to have a higher chance to do some of the things you don't want to do when they pop up during the day as well. Now, we've touched on the reminder about how the country needs these boys and uh, you know, hopefully that left them with a little bit of inspiration as well. Now, 
half an hour there, just about. That's a pretty high-level overview of what I was covering. And no doubt, some of them just would not have cared. But hey, maybe in 10 years' time, one of them will say, I remember when you came and spoke at school, and that'll make it all worthwhile. And, you know, I, I think we do need to remember that we can't help everyone because a lot of people, you know, they, they don't actually want to be helped. And that, that's really hard to accept. And it's just probably the the truth of it for a lot of people. But I believe we should try. So I was invited along to, to speak. And I was more than willing to uh, chuck the old laptop into the backpack and get down there and, and try and deliver a power hour for these boys because they deserve it. Um, and, you know, I do it half an hour a week on the old podcast and sometimes longer if Mikey jumps in for a pod as well. So, you know, why not try and go and talk to a different age group about some of these things? So it was uh, it was really cool and, uh, you know, hopefully a lot of them took something from it. Very interesting at the end, I stood there as they all left the hall to then go to their next class. And um, there's sort of three groups of boys. There was the boys that could confidently come up and shake my hand and say thank you or thank you sir, that sort of thing. And then there were the boys that were sort of oh, a little bit shyer, could make eye contact, thank you, no, really good, thank you. And then, you know, quickly look away and carry on. And then there were sort of the, the lads, well, there's probably four, so then the next ones would sort of look at you, but then, oh, oh, I don't know if I want to say anything to him, and then just look away. And then the the fourth bracket were probably just like, fuck, they're out the door, see you later, mate. Yep, cool you know, just not interested at all or, or, could, or couldn't uh, look you in the eye. Um, and I don't know, I don't know what that means, but I did find that kind of interesting. And of course, then you got the 0.1%. Oh, sir, sir, can we ask you a question? Like, here we go. This would be good. This would be about investing in a KiwiSaver or something. Oh, yeah, mate, how much do you bench? Like, Sorry, what? How much do you bench? I'm like, oh, jeez. Okay, okay. I'm like, oh, yeah, boys, you know, about 14 kilos, you know, nothing exciting. Yeah, uh, so that was interesting that that was the, the one question that I got. But anyway, young lads at uh, 15, 16, heading out into the workforce and heading into their final years of school and then getting out there. So no doubt some of them hopefully will end up listening to this uh, in time. But, um, you know, always uh, always good to, to get a bit of a reminder of what some of uh, our youth of today uh, are going through. And I actually spent a fair bit of time at the school throughout the day. I did a bit of work in the library and I um, spent a bit of time talking to a couple of the teachers and whatnot just to just to you know get myself a bit of a refresher of um, what's happening in their environment because it's so far removed from me now. But those uh, that age group, boys and girls, they play such a, a big role in the the next um, you know in the future of our country. Now, also last week, uh, you'll remember that I made a TikTok video and I had it on Instagram as well about unclaimed money, and I just had a link in there where you could watch that. And it racked up over a quarter of a million views. And one of the boys at the school actually said, oh, oh sir, I saw you on TikTok, uh, which is pretty funny. And someone pointed out to me that if you just if you went to Google and typed in you, like the letter U, because in the video I said search for unclaimed money IRD, uh, that Google would suggest that you probably wanted to go to unclaimed money IRD. So uh, the email has a screenshot of being able to type in you into Google and it's suggesting that you should go to unclaimed money um, which is pretty funny. So the IRD probably absolutely hate me now, even more uh, than they probably already do. Not that they hate me, to be fair, but um, there's not a big team that works in that unclaimed money spot. So they were probably thinking, why are we getting all this traffic and these people trying to do these claims? But uh, that's my bad, I guess. 
But uh, by now a week on, and I'm touching on this in Money Mail on Friday, it's now been on Figo, it's been on um, TV One, I think, or they're probably repurposing Figo's story, My FM, News Talk ZB, which is, um, yeah, it's crazy how a small video that I just took in one take filming on my computer screen, it was nothing amazing, can have such a ripple effect. Enjoy your weekend. Go the All Blacks, go the Warriors. Now, both of them won, didn't they? And that was outstanding. And then the did you know on Friday was to fill a Dreamliner for an Auckland to LA flight, it used to cost $42,000. To fly one of those massive planes to fill it with petrol, forty-two grand. It's now $96,000, over double. That's scary. If you've booked any flights recently, you're probably gone. Holy shit. I don't know if you remember, but right at the start of COVID, and a long time ago now, I said that when we get back to traveling, I think it's going to be a lot more expensive. And uh, here it is. It wasn't, uh, my reason wasn't necessarily because of fuel prices. I thought that um, it might just become more of a luxury and it might take longer to get back online and become normal and all those different things. And, And that whole industry would just be, decimated a little bit with people losing their jobs and and the like and it's just not going to be the same industry as it was before we went into COVID where it's literally you know so cheap to fly places and and so accessible and such a advanced uh, industry but now it's all probably going to slow down and take a while to, to rebuild back up and in that meantime it'll cost a lot so couple that with the prices for fuel going through the roof and we've got a uh Yeah, a very expensive mode of transport now. I hope you've enjoyed that deep dive or very skimmed dive, I guess, really, uh, into an hour-long presentation to some Year 11 boys. But uh, it was a lot of fun, like I said, and, yeah, I don't know if I'll do too many more of those. Um, I'm sort of going to be a bit careful about how many speaking things I say yes to because, uh, you know, they can be quite time-consuming by the time you put together slides and uh, all the admin and whatnot that comes along with trying to do it and do it really well. But, um, you know, it is enjoyable, especially if they get a lot out of it. Be good out there. I'll see you again on Friday. In the meantime, keep making smart decisions. See you soon. Watch things on that.